This is Women Authors of Achievement podcast, episode 14, with guest Fee Bayer. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daria Suvorova, and welcome to the show. Today, I had the privilege to welcome Faye, a former swimmer and ambitious athlete who found her unique path by trusting her gut feeling and following her passion for sports, technologies, and performance. Faye has more than 10 years of experience in scouting and marketing new technologies. In 2017, she founded her own sport tech company and since then has been advising sport clubs, coaches, athletes on medical and tech solutions. In today's episode, you will learn everything about sport tech and which gadgets you can apply in your everyday life to improve sleep, nutrition, injury prevention, and performance. Let's get healthy with Faye Bayer and make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hey, welcome to the studio. It's really great to see you. Thank you, Daria. I'm very happy to to be here. Usually I'm the one interviewing uh, people on, on my podcast, so I'm really kind of happy to share or to, to switch roles here and uh, be interviewed by you. Thank you for, for having me. I was scrolling actually through your Instagram feed this morning, and I saw that one of your fitness goals for 2021... <laughs> was a handstand push-up. So how's it going? <laughs> well researched. Uh, well done. Um, it's going good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm improving, but it's, I can tell it's a tough one. It looks tough. It's, it's really a tough one. So if you start from your head, pushing yourself up into his handstand, that's just still un impossible for me. However, I'm really kind of trying to start in the handstand and then try to kind of lower my arms and with that obviously lower my head but yeah I think I will take another couple of weeks or months it's, it's gonna be my fitness goal for maybe 2023 <laughs> or something so <laughs> maybe then we should get back together and make some nice pictures of both for, of us for instance for instance <laughs> but could you tell me you are a former swimmer and athlete could you tell me how sports affected you in your early life yeah, I come from a very sporty family. My uh, my father, he was a very successful swimmer. And so it came very natural for him to kind of take his kids to, to swimming class very early on. Um, so, yeah, as far as my memory um, goes, uh, I was I, I was an athlete. I, um, I went to a lot of swimming classes and competitions. Like in my memory, like every weekend was a competition. I don't know whether that is true, but that's at least what it feels like. And then later on, I kind of decided to quit uh, swimming and then uh, continued with with other sports. So in, in hindsight, I'm actually really grateful for that start into my life because I think it kind of teached me a lot of good Things like really uh, discipline, um, being goal-oriented and things like that. So I'm pretty sure that that actually the fact that I started like a competitive sports very early on in my life kind of affected me very positive, yeah. You mentioned that it took you 12 months to found your own company and you were spending those months understanding yourself, doing lots of certified trainer education and lots of research on sport tech. How did you come to the decision that you want to found your own company mm -hmm. in sport tech? Yeah, in my last job, 
let's say I was at the end of my learning curve. So I was in a place where I always wanted to be. Um, I had like great colleagues that I was able to work with. And however, I kind of sensed that uh, my journey is, is at its end. So there was no more content or challenges that I wanted to face or that, that were there for me. So I knew my time was over in that environment. And then still at the other hand, I said, okay, there's so many things that I'm passionate about that I want to explore. Maybe this is now the time after many years working for others to find my own path and, and really answer that question. What is mine? What is my topic? Who am I? And how can I realize that in a professional way, so to speak? So I was really very clear about now the time has come to kind of do my own thing. And the way I did it was there was uh, different topics. And one of them was actually sports where, where I was excited about. And I said, okay, I have to kind of look at those topics closer and understand better what actually makes me excited about those topics. And then I actually found a business coach. So she kind of helped me structuring and understanding um, those things better. And there's, well, there was one key moment, which I will never forget in, in a session with her. So we kind of looked at those different topics. As I said, one of those topics were sports. And then I started to kind of talk about those topics, describing what actually I liked about those topics. And in the moment where I start talking about sports, I, I knew the answer already because I, I realized that my passion level, so to speak, was completely different compared to like all the other topics. And then when I finished talking about sports, she just looked at me and said, you know, right? And I said, yes, now I know. <laughs> so that was a very um, key moment to me. And then she kind of helped me structuring the next steps. So, and to me, it was really important not being in a rush because to me, it was more important to find the right thing and then rather take more time to get there instead of just, you know, you know, herring and, and finding something. So I said to myself, okay, 12 months should not be focused on earning money, but really focused on finding out what this will be. And then, so yeah, I did a lot of traveling. I was, you know, straight off for a while. I looked at different training approaches and, and studios and gyms and stuff. Then I was in, in the US. Uh, then I was in Austria with, with some uh, coaches. Um, so yeah, I really took some time. And then I st I first started consultancy business just to get more practical experience. And then, and then again, in 2018, I really had this click moment where I was on a project where I actually didn't want to be. I just said yes to that project because I said, why not? And I did that project and the project led to a point that was very frustrating and then that was in the end very important for me because at that point I said, okay, I stop working for others because it doesn't lead me where I want to be. No matter what it is, I now really focus on my own thing. And then answering the question what that really is in its core for me was focusing on pro sports, so really high performance and helping answering questions, how can we actually 
optimize performance and reduce injuries. So these were actually the core topics that always fascinated me. And before I really kind of made that decision to jump into that market, everyone always said, oh, pro sports, you won't get in, Bundesliga, it's so difficult, you won't make money. So all those naysayers, they, they actually kept me, and probably that was an inner voice in me as well, but that actually kept me from really jumping right in there. And so that negative experience in 2018 was for me an engine to say, I don't care what the others say. I just do now 100% what I really want to do. So I basically matched my experience or my passion for, for high performance with my experience in tech as, as I've been working in, in tech companies with startups for my, in my previous career. So what I'm doing now, and maybe we talk about this a little bit more in detail, is basically matching those two worlds. I can imagine that technology is increasingly gaining importance in sports and becomes a game changer for many athletes and performance of those athletes. But what is, in essence, sport tech? You said it's optimizing performance and it's minimizing injuries. What else could define sport tech? I think generally speaking, it's, it's, it became a very broad term. So there's different contexts where, where the term sports tech is being used. So you can also discuss fan engagement and these kind of things, but that's not what I'm focusing on. Usually I'm purely focusing on technology that helps coaches better or optimizing their athletes' performance and reducing their athletes' Injuries. So that's really in the core how I use the term sports tech. And uh, yeah, obviously focusing on coaches in, in pro sports. Do you feel like you uncovered a very unserved market niche by founding your company in this yeah. area? Yeah, you know, I think technology is still very young and technology in sports is even younger. So By the time I started my business, I realized that there were that there was little tech expertise in the clubs, in the teams, in the federations. So I think it was also about timing that I was just lucky with. So when I started my business, there were lots of coaches that really appreciated my experience and my knowledge and then them. That actually helped a lot. Um, it's slowly changing now. So more and more teams, especially in the Bundesliga, they now start to have uh, like sports tech experts, so to speak. But yeah, I think generally speaking, with it, the, the whole thing is still in, in its infancies. Yeah. That's what I was curious to ask, because you're probably a very top-notch salesperson. How did you get German Bundesliga or the German Soccer League as one of your clients? <laughs> Super impressive. Thank you. I think knowing what you want and also knowing what, uh, what your expertise is actually helps a lot. And, and I think also in my case, I really love to meet new people and I love to listen to their stories. So the mix of, of all those Ingredients actually kind of helped me uh, get there. And, and maybe one, one thing that I should notice here, I did run, or I still do, uh, a research a study that actually started in 2017. And now we're repeating that one every three years. So the second edition was, uh, was released last year. And that research was basically about asking 
members of the coaching staff of the Bundesliga, what technology do you use? what is still missing in the market, what are current challenges, and so on and so on. So that actually on the one hand side, and that was my main aim, helped me to understand the current market better because I really had a very strong understanding of what technologies are out there. But then also that research helped me, okay, but what out of those technologies that are out there are actually being used and how does the gap look like between what's possible and what's being used? And that actually also helps my current work. So that was my main driver for running that study. But obviously at the same time, that actually opened that Bundesliga uh, world to me because uh, through that study, uh, it was probably quite relatively easy to kind of get in touch with, with, with those coaches. Can you give examples of some technologies that visibly improve performance in professional sports? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it actually depends on what sport we're talking about, but uh, there's also some technologies that are more or less the same in, in different sports. But maybe to stay um, or to stick to Bundesliga. Uh, so we do have sensors that actually track, so to speak, the, the training load, the workload. Uh, so while they train on the pitch, we track how many kilometers do they run, how much fast or how much acceleration do they have, how much, how many sprints do they have and so on. So uh, we, we talk about this as the external load. And then there's technologies out there that track the internal load. So for example, heart rate, that actually shows us the correlation of how much training load affects uh, what kind of internal reaction to that training log. So this is like a very basic example that I'm doing here. So that's like one thing where we use uh, technology. Then also for the preseason screening or also for the monitoring, we have different technologies to, to track or to measure strengths, so-called strengths diagnostics, where we measure how a muscle works in different technologies or in different questions. And how do you measure that? Is it some kind of suit you wear? Is it some kind of sensors that are mm -hmm. attached to that area? There's different ways to measure that. There's sensors, there's optical tracking through video and stuff. But uh, just to make maybe one example, so there's a way to, with sensors, where you actually push or press against. There's like a machine, so to speak, we're working with Kangatech in our example, which is like a 3D rotational <laughs> device that sounds probably very abstract but in the end it's really about measuring force that an athlete develops and uh, so you can really see like left right comparison you can also see after injury uh, before injury like how does the strengths develop preseason and so on so there's different questions you are able to answer with these kind of strengths diagnostics Another example maybe, which is very common, are force plates. So uh, you put an athlete onto two different, or maybe sometimes it's one, um, force plates, and then you tell the athlete to jump in a certain way. For example, counter-movement jump, is a, which is a very common jump for strength diagnostics. And then those force plates, they basically measure how the athlete develops force. And then if you look at those uh, very specific uh, 
fourth measures that could be time uh, in the air, that could be different uh, measures that are being measured. And then actually that actually also tells you a lot about potential injury, um, development of his force and strengths and, and these kind of things. So those technologies mostly look at the performance strengths from neck and below. Is there anything that focuses on the brain effects of the training more from a neuroscience perspective? Mm -hmm. And also, how does that play an impact on performance? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's certain technologies that measure the impact on the neurosystem um, or nervous system. So that can be measured on different areas in the body. And then also um, there's technologies out there that actually measures brain waves. Those uh, technologies then also, um, they say a lot about erection to training load. Also, we have very exciting technologies that detect concussion and then also injury and fatigue in general. So there's lots of things. Just to make an example, there's a technology from the States that was developed in the military because they were searching for an easy testing to kind of get their soldiers from the field once they detect fatigue. So in those, in that case, they can measure how the pupil moves. Mm -hmm. they, I think it's, it's a device that actually takes a couple of million pictures of the pupil mm -hmm. per second. So by that, they've, they detect lots of information like fatigue, concussion, and, and bad sleep and these kind of things. So there's now really lots of things available that measure brain waves and, and the nervous system. And then also there's a new technology on the market that actually stimulates. So there's lots of uh, technology in the market that stimulates certain areas in the brain. For example, the motor cortex, which is in, um, in charge of learning um, new movements and also improving movements. So if you stimulate that area of the brain, you learn faster and you're also able to improve the way your muscles work. That's very impressive. Is there something on the mass market? Because this can be used not only in professional tech. Yeah, yes and no. So I think it's also still very early days. But the interesting thing is, you know, I'm not a neuroscience person, uh, so please bear with me. Um, but the interesting thing is obviously we have different areas in the brain and there's other areas in the brain that are obviously more focused on cognitive uh, tasks. Um, so the same technology also is being used for office workers so they can focus more and, and mm -hmm. be faster in their decision making, these kind of things. So there's lots of things like that in the market and also like in kind of beta stadiums. And also I do know a couple of bands yeah, that are being sold. I think it's still very early, but I think in, in one to two years that may become uh, much more commercial, yeah. And what are some of the major trends in sport tech do you see gaining attention in the coming years? Yeah, I think answering that question really depends a lot on what context we're talking about. But obviously, like in my context in the pro sports world, I would say that video and then also um, object recognition still is a major technology where we see a lot of changes you know there's lots of sensors in the market and in the mid to long term those sensors might be replaced by cameras by video um, that is just very in detail able 
to um, measure things that currently are being measured by sensors. And injury prevention is, is a really huge topic. Could you just give some examples of how technology can prevent those injuries mm -hmm. coming? And also, I'm curious to understand if there is something, again, on the mass market already existent. So the first question, yeah, injuries can happen on different levels, but maybe to keep it simple and look on a muscular um, level, maybe let me do an example. We have infrared camera system uh, that is matched with the software. Um, so what we do with that is basically taking a whole body picture of an athlete every morning. Um, and then through that infrared, we do see different temperature regions. So there's certain ranges that tell, okay, this muscle is not in its usual temperature region or this tendons is not and so on and so on, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you can actually see, okay, there's something going on. Um, we might have to take a closer look to that region. Something is going on that might lead to an injury very soon. We can also use the same technology for the return to competition. So after an injury to just monitor the healing process. But maybe that's just an example of how we use technology in order to really avoid injury. And, and then also that strength diagnostics example that I did earlier that actually is also being used to see very early on, okay, there's a asymmetry between left and right. So this is, there's something not in order. We have to take a closer look. This, the strength diagnostic is usually also there to actually early on detect injury risks, so to speak. Is anything of that commercial? I think yes, but on a different level. So if you look at wearables, for example, the Aura Ring, which I really like, it's measuring different things, but it's it's also a great tool to, to lower your injury risk because the Aura Ring, which the name already says, you're wearing it on your finger, it measures lots of different vital signs. And that ring is then actually also able to detect overtraining. So if you're fatigued, if you're tired, if you're overtrained, if you slept really bad, these are always usually injury risks. How does it know about the sleep? Because I did want to ask you on the correlation of sleep and training performance, but how does a ring can detect that? I can understand it looks at temperature and heart rate, mm -hmm. Yeah, so the ring is actually a sleep tracker. Mm. So it it shows the quantity of your sleep, but then also the quality of your sleep. So you have different sleep phases, like the REM phase where you, a rapid eye movement where you dream, then you have deep sleep, light sleep, and then you might have awakening times during your night. So uh, that's the one thing you look at. And then also those vital signs like, your resting heart rate, um, your HRV, uh, your temperature, your respiratory rate. The ring really looks at how do those vital signs behave and change during the course of the night. So there's different patterns mm -hmm. that actually have a certain a meaning. Obviously, you have to understand those little uh, as well, but, but still the app that comes with the ring actually helps you interpret and analyze those those patterns uh, and then basically the ring says okay your readiness to train today is about it actually gives you a score 
And I think you can criticize that if you want, if you may want, but on the other hand, it really helps you start to be more sensitive towards your body, but because that's what it did to me. Okay. Yes. It, it shows me data about my body, about my sleep, but then those data lead, um, or they have that effect that I start questioning myself. Okay. How do I really feel? Does my feeling reflect what the data show? Mm -hmm. So it's also, I think a great tool really to kind of Yeah, listen to yourself and and be more sensitive with with uh, how you feel and and what is the right thing for you to do. An Apple Watch, I would assume it's quite as useful as Aura Ring. Yeah, so it really depends what you want to do. The Apple Watch, I think, is great because obviously you can ro run all kinds of different apps on it. However, usually like the Ring, uh, the hardware piece is obviously different. So the Ring is very special because the uh, the place where where the watch measures heart rate is not very accurate so usually in high performance sports they always wear um a belt because that's just much more accurate for measuring heart rate and for the ring you really have a very thin skin on your finger and then uh, all the veins there right below that thin skin so it's actually a very good place to very accurately measure um heart rate and and vital signs so that actually just um, is a big difference towards a watch generally speaking that measures heart rate and vital signs on your wrist are there any particular technologies or wearables that specifically can help women to understand their performance and also well-being? Yeah, that's a very um, exciting topic to me, obviously, because there's some aspects about women or, or female athletes that are, yeah, very female only. So the Aura Ring is, is probably a great example because it measures your temperature. And through that, you actually see how your hormones change and where you are in your period. So uh, there's lots of research on the market that shows when in your cycle is the best day or the best period to strength train or to uh, do endurance training. So there's lots of knowledge about how you, again, in an ideal setting, train an, a female athlete based on her hormone level, which you can actually track by temperature. So I think that is really very exciting. And I'm sure, um, you know, most research, most studies are run with male athletes or with, with, with men. So I think there's still too little research on female athletes. But also we are, I think now science becomes really aware of that fact. So I'm sure there will be more, more research and I'm sure there will be more insights um, to kind of optimize the training of a female athlete. I'm amazed by all this tech that you know, like how do you keep up <laughs> with all the research, with all the new tech entering the market, you know, and then filtering out what is, let's say, not so proficient and will not be helpful versus the ones which are top-notch applications. Mm, mm, yeah, the, the cutting through the noise. Yeah, so I think I, I was lucky because I many of those aspects I learned in my former job, you know, with, with Hubraum, 
uh, we were scouting for new startups and technologies constantly and it was for a different purpose you know we were scouting for technologies that who brown then eventually invested in so we had a different view but still we had the same question so how do we know that this is good and trustable and how do we know that they eventually do what we want them to develop so similar question so it's it's about developing a strategy how to manage that uncertainty and in my case i think it's a little easier because i usually only seriously look at technologies that are already on the market whereas at hubron we always looked or very often looked at startup teams they didn't have a product yet they only had like a maybe a powerpoint or like a mockup or so ever so i think in in this case it's a little bit easier But yes, as I said, uh, I think through all the experience, I understand the market really well. What do they need? I also have now a big, big network worldwide of people that recommend technologies to me. So when they recommend technology to me, I know that technology already went through a certain filter process. And then I, I also have my own filter process that I apply. So in most cases this is not always possible but in most cases i really test the technology myself and then usually i always try to give that technology to someone from the pro sports market and let him or her test that technology as well answering the question okay is this really useful in daily training or or not um yeah and so there's different aspects that that I look at and you know in the end it's always people business so that also plays a role the people behind the company behind the technology are those people people that I want to work with can i recommend those people to my customers and are they in the end um willing or able to deliver also customer support and stuff like that so You know there's it's it's really like a big picture I'm I'm trying to look at before I um come to a conclusion mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of aspects to that. Yeah. And drum roll please. So here comes my last question <laughs> <laughs> of of the show. Say who is the woman that comes to your mind that you would define as an author of her own achievements? Yeah, that's a good question. That's my favorite question. <laughs> <laughs> I have to disappoint you because there's no one woman out there that I would name. Uh, there's really a couple of different women and it's 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 all also changing. It's I think for me what I learned, you know, in my own personal learning curve on things that I want to improve in myself, things that I want to learn, things that I want to do better. On that journey with myself, I always have like different aspects that I currently look at in order to achieve or in order to improve and I for every kind of period so to speak I look at people out there that are really good in tailoring that aspect in specific so yeah there's no one specific women out there there's really lots of women out there that I admire that they they use or do something that that I want to learn from yeah I think that's also a great way to see it because there's just so many women out there and so many people we would like to give that recognition and sometimes you don't want to really highlight one person yeah. not to offend yeah. anyone else so yeah. I I take that as an answer <laughs> and once again Faith thank you so much for coming to the studio I learned so much about sport tech and how 
the professional sports are evolving. And I think many great takeaways. So thank you so much for sharing all those <laughs> insights. Thanks again for having me. Um, it was really uh, very nice. Um, and yeah, see you soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon. <laughs>